Welcome back to the Recovery Lifestyle Podcast. I'm Chris Decker and I'm joined here in studio with John Rizzi. Today we're talking about principle three and step three because we're primarily going through the 12 steps, but in CR, there's eight corresponding principles. I'll start with the principle. Consciously choose to commit all my life and will to Christ's care and control. Happy are the meek, Matthew 5, 5. Step three says, we made a decision to turn our lives and our wills over to the care of God. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Romans 12, 1. The, the, the topic of today's episode is also turn. How do you turn your life over to the one and only higher power, Jesus Christ? Um, hey, Chris. Man, well, one thing I want to remind everybody that you know, this is a process and we're building on steps one and two here, right? We're on step three. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over our addictions, right? So this was about coming out of denial. I think we did two or maybe even three episodes on that. I encourage people to go back and listen. Step two is when we accept that there's a power greater than ourselves that can restore us to sanity. Um, and we talked about hope and we talked about sanity and we, uh, we had a nice interview and testimony with Chad. And um, we, in this program, name our higher power and his name is Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So... It's important to, you know, don't just jump into step three, build these steps, build this process. Uh, as much as I want to be able to jump to, you know, step nine or 10 or 11 or 12, even where there's sort of more of a maintenance mode, right? Um, can't. This is a process and they build on each other. So let's talk about turn. Um, this is another acrostic. The T is trust. Trust making. This is about making the decision to trust our lives to Jesus. Um, this is one of those ones that, uh, for me, uh, it, it's hard to wrap my head around what I'm actually supposed to do. Y- you know, do you ever do you, do you ever think like, okay, um, I have this higher power. His name is Jesus. I'm supposed to be trusting him. Well, what does that really look like? Uh, maybe it's praying about everything. You know, we're told to rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all circumstances in First Thessalonians. I think um, maybe practicing a habit like that is something that I need to do, you know, praying more. Uh, prayer is supposed, you know, I'm supposed to pray instead of worry, right? Um, and maybe if I learn to replace my worries with prayer, then I think um, my will starts to align with God's will a little better. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And as a relatively new Christian myself, I find that God has earned my trust. And I know that's really weird to say, but as I've been pastored, as I've been shepherded, I've listened to the advice of spiritual leaders. And they have said, Trust God in his promises. Test him in his promises. And the Lord 
has delivered. I feel like this process of trusting God also makes me more trustworthy. Mm. And in the process, seeing God as trustworthy because he's delivering on these promises. Now, that's a little bit of a slippery slope because you say, oh, God has to earn my trust. Not necessarily because Jesus Christ already died for my sins. It's already happened. It is truth. It is the way. It is the life. But I have to learn to believe it. How do you think this this looks in practice when I say, okay, I'm trusting Jesus. Uh, and I got up this morning and I did a quiet time, but then then what, right? Like, is it, okay, I trust you with this workout that I'm about to do. It just, it, it feels forced sometimes for me. I don't know if, if you feel the same way. I mean, I know, so, so, so an easier example would be something like tithing. That's an easy one, right? Where it's like, okay, I trust that being obedient to giving a tithe, which is 10% of my income, uh, to back to God, which means really to the church, um, is an act of faith, and I trust him with my finances. That feels like, okay, I get that. So right? about the workout example or the quiet time, do you trust do you trust God with your schedule and your time? When you when you schedule that quiet time and you say I'm doing that, you're trusting that it is like when you when you say I trust, you know, trusting God with hey, I I I I trust you enough to put this time here, the same way that you put 10% of your income and, 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 you know, you see, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So do, do you think that trust winds up being the equivalent of obedience and then, and, and then obedience being, you know, Jesus has lots of teachings on all areas of life. So the scripture in CR is if you confess that Jesus is Lord. And so what is like, let's think about Lord. What does Lord mean? Yeah, it's Lord like master. Ruler, master. Um, right? And believe that God raised him from death. The only inescapable thing that like we th- we thought as humans that death was could hold us back. Mm-hmm. You will be saved. Romans 10:9. You will be saved. Yeah. That's trust in a eyewitness truth there were people at the site that saw the stone rolled away and saw jesus resurrected and we have to trust that two thousand years over two thousand years later that that was true right it's a faith no kidding no i totally agree with what you're saying and 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 you're right like i completely trust in the fact that jesus was resurrected well, first he died for our sins, yes. mine included. Then he was resurrected. My salvation only comes through him. Um, I guess where I get a little uh, hung up sometimes is applying that to these very mundane, day-to-day operational activities of my daily life. Well, there's more clues here. There's the you, which is to understand Relying solely on your own understanding, yeah, <laughs> got you into recovery in the first place. Amen to that, right? After you make the decision to ask Jesus into your life, 
you need to begin to seek his will for your life in all your decisions. And the corresponding verse is Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. This one's actually one of my favorites. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Yeah. What an awesome promise, right? He's going to make my path straight when I trust him and I commit my ways to him. So in practice... Oftentimes, this is a challenge for me because I get caught up in the busyness and the activity and the motion of daily life. And so these countless decisions that I'm making, small and big, mostly small, I'm not like stopping every single time and going, okay, Jesus, what should I do here? And maybe I should do that more often, certainly on the big things, right? As... So Pastor Johnny Baker and his wife delivered a weekend message a couple weeks ago at Saddleback Church. And one part of the message that really resonated was God's like God is not limited to the toolbox of your imagination. He is not limited to your imagination. He's working with everything. We're working with some things. And to try and rationalize God's power, it's just not possible. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. And, 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 you know, my understanding being so limited, I think that's a big part of of this step in this acrostic is, you know, coming out of denial that my understanding is perfect or even good. It's not, it's flawed, it's biased, it's oftentimes selfish and self-serving as opposed to his, his understanding, which is complete and universal and he knows better. But, you know, every once in a while I think, well, then just tell me what to do. But then I don't sit around long enough to listen, even if he were to try to tell me what to do. Mm. Okay, so the the R in turn is repent. And this is about turning away from sin and turning toward God. I have this, I, I like to say I'm convicted but not condemned. Uh, you know, in Romans 8.1, this is there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And I can become convicted about something I know I need to do this differently, or I know I did this wrong in the past, um, but I don't have any condemnation in in and around that because, as you were talking earlier, Jesus already paid the price for those sins. Mm. So now uh, my motivation to be better doesn't come from shame and guilt. It comes from a place of wanting to be all that I can be because Jesus died for me. It's interesting that the R and repent for the R and turn is repent because when I think of repent, I think of turn. Mm-hmm. It's and it almost looks like I'm on a treadmill and I have it at the highest setting of control, of addiction, of trying to do everything in my own power. And if I have the treadmill on like a 10, 11, or 12, I can probably do it for like 
five minutes, maybe. <laughs> Before you fall flat on your face. But there's going to be a moment when I either have to hit the emergency button or I have to surrender this because I, I, I can't keep going at that pace. And when I see repent, you know, at least in the, in the CR version, it says to truly repent, you must not only turn away from your sins, but turn toward God. Repentance allows you to enjoy the freedom of your loving relationship with God. It means give up your ways and turn toward the Lord. He will embrace you with open arms. And there will, like, you can keep trying to run at that pace, but it's not sustainable forever, ever. So this is going back to obedience, I think. It's doing what God says to do as opposed to what I want to do. So with the tithe example, I don't get to keep that 10%. I need to give it to him. I don't get to have sex with someone who's not my wife. I need to keep that in the marriage covenant. Uh, I can't look at a woman and objectify and lust after her because Jesus told me clearly that's adultery, which is basically the same thing as having sex with another woman who's not my wife, right? You have Job who said, said something really interesting. He said, I made this covenant with my eyes. How can I look? How can I even look at this young woman? I made a covenant with my eyes. And I think the, the interesting thing about the word covenant is that it's a little bit more than a promise. Like, like you're saying, Lord, I like when I'm repenting, it's like, Lord, I trust you. And even if you fall short of that covenant, God will forgive you again and again and again and again and again. Well, I will fall short of that covenant, right? Because Every time I'm, you I'm, fall short I'm of the human. covenant, right? Yeah, but but I, what what is it? Pastor Rick says this. I'm sure all pastors say this. I can't be sinless, but I can sin less, right? <laughs> and 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 that's that's what that's where I want to be. I want to be sinning less. The uh, the N is new life, and and I like how. They describe this almost like a formula. The T plus the U um, plus the R equals the N, right? Mm. So if I if I trust and understand and repent, then I get the new life. What's that Corinthians verse? You have that? Um, so what I'm seeing is actually Romans 3.22, which says, Now God says he will accept and acquit us. Declare us not guilty... If, 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 if we trust Jesus Christ to take away our sins. Yeah, promise take, and premise. Take away our sins. But, but, but the order is trust him first. Declare us not guilty if we trust Jesus Christ to take away our sins. So I don't have to do anything other than trust in him and acknowledge him as my Lord and Savior. After you ask Jesus into your heart, you will have a new life. You will no longer be bound to your old sinful nature. God has declared you not guilty and you no longer have to live under the power of sin. He's broken it. Is that I like to think of this as going from operating on batteries to getting plugged into the power of God. 
Mm-hmm. Which one is which one's more sustainable? Yeah, it's an unlimited power source. The the verse I was thinking of is 2 Corinthians 5.17. Anyone who is joined in Christ is a new being. The old is gone. The new has come. And I really, as an addict, as a former non-believer, this is a really um, hopeful verse for me because it basically means I can cast off that old me and become a, a new person. And for me, that's new person is what living in the recovery lifestyle. That's what this is all about. Let, let's talk about, let's talk about turn. Let's talk about it. Um, there's some questions here that I want to just, can I ask one of these questions to you? Yeah. And you can ask it of me. Let's do it. How has relying on your own understanding caused problems in your life? Mm, yeah, that's a good one. I mean, like like you read earlier, you know, relying on my own understanding is what got me into recovery. Um, for me, uh, in and around um, sexual sin, it was all about buying into all of the lies, right? Porn, everybody does it. Um, nobody's getting hurt. What my wife doesn't know about doesn't hurt her. Uh, these women want it. Uh, meaning it being the attention, um, the pursuit, uh, if it's a real person. Um, and so buying into all of those lies led me to act out in ways that, you know, don't honor my marriage and don't honor myself and don't honor God. Mm. Um, so that's a clear violation of where, you know, trusting in my own understanding didn't give me a straight path. It gave me a really crooked and ugly path. Yeah, it gave me a really crooked and ugly path too. Because specifically in the area of sexual and porn addiction, my own understanding is if I don't burden my wife with my sexual desires, that our marriage would be better. That's my That was my understanding mm. that... I could, I could go act out on my fantasies and it would blow off enough steam that I could be cheerful and happy and wonderful inside of my marriage and that I had earned the right to do those things as a breadwinner and, and that no one ever needs to know these things because why I'm going to take these things to the grave with me. I remember having the specific thought that I will never, ever, ever tell anybody and that I will die with this secret. Yeah. Here you are on a podcast talking Do you know about what it. happened, John? Is that Satan was pouring a foundation of concrete between my heart and my wife's heart. It officially became impossible to communicate or be in connection with each other. Wow. You know what? I find really fascinating about how you led into that. It's almost like you were rationalizing. Um, I'm doing this for her. Yes. Because you said I didn't want to burden her. And and oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes. I didn't want to burden her with my sick fantasies. Well, and, and often. The stuff I wanted to do was weird. Yeah. <laughs> but even sometimes it could be, it could be quote unquote normal. Yeah. Oftentimes, men and women have different drive. Right. 
And typically, not always, but typically, you know, we as men want more sex than our wives might be willing to give. And and so (laughs) saying that like, well, I'm not going to burden her with it because, you know, I want to do this five nights a week and she can't handle more than two. That seems so logical, but it doesn't work. It's my, it was my own understanding yeah. and it, it did not work. It didn't work so bad that our marriage almost ended because of it. And the thought I, John, when I married her, I legitimately was like, I'm in this for life for the rest of our lives. I'm in this. Yeah. And here I was doing something had I continued would put me on a path of assuring that it did not last. That's my own understanding. That's Satan's world. What is God's world? God's world is permanent, everlasting, good, and wonderful. <laughs> not, I mean, in context, correct? Uh, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a 180, right? And that, and, and that fits the uh, acrostic of turn. Right? We're, we're supposed to be doing a 180, um the the new life i i feel that one it's not just a new like there's something interesting is all those things going on in my head were a story that i was writing mm -hmm. i wanted to keep writing this story and in a new life it's also a new story all these things get rewritten by god's perfect hand it's very interesting well, you talk about, you know, nearly crushing your marriage. Same thing with me. If I hadn't accepted Christ and turned and and become this new person, I wouldn't be married. No way. That that was what my marriage needed was me to to turn and to repent and to put on the new life that Christ promises. Um, that's the only way I was able to stay married. So... I remember being a consultant several, several years ago now, and I was told I'm about to get on a phone call with a potential client that this person had met playing poker in Las Vegas. And they gave me a warning about this person. And the warning was, he's a convicted felon. Um, He ran a Ponzi scheme for $50 million. He was loosely associated with the murder of a Playboy Playmate. And yeah, but now he has this website and he has money and you should work with him. My initial sort of instinct was like, no, no way. But then on my own understanding, I'm like, well, I could make this money. It doesn't matter where it comes from. I have the skills and I took the work and I worked for this person for a long time and supported illegal activities. Mm. Um, that's my own understanding. Isn't that it? That, 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 that our, our own understanding boils down to being able to layer on these rationalizations so that we can do what we want to do as opposed to doing what we probably, like you were saying, in your heart knew the actual right thing to do was to walk away from that. The right thing to do is walk away. Now, I'm not sure, like, the work I was doing itself was not illegal, for sure. But 
the way it was being used was nefarious. I mean, it's and the- but but the, it was one decision led to another one. Then because of because I like I put my heart into the work that I do, it was recognized, and then others of the same caliber, I got referred to. And then I found myself working with several criminals all at the same time, rationalizing, I'm just the marketing guy. Mm. I'm the designer. They're paying my bills. This also happens to be correspondent with the, the, the period of the most sexual depravity that I was in. Mm. Every area of my life, if you look at it, Satan had control over. Yeah. But I remember so distinctively... When I went to every man's battle and started to share these things for the first time, these shames, these hurts, these guilts, and I was asked a simple prayer if I wanted to bring Jesus Christ into my heart. And he was promised to be a God of forgiveness. I thought I was never, I thought I would never be forgiven. I decided to say yes. And that single decision of turn has changed everything. That person is unrecognizable. I'm like, I'm unrecognizable if I were to stand side by side to my former self. Unrecognizable. And there's still things to work on. Totally. <laughs> well, you know, this, this cognitive. on a little bit of a rant. I'm no, sorry. <laughs> I think it's awesome. This cognitive dissonance that we get into. And I think money is, a, is, an, is one where it's very easy to start misaligning what we know to be right with our actions. That's the cognitive dissonance, right? You knew it wasn't right to be working with these guys. Oh, but what I'm doing is legal. That's true. But is it right? I mean, it's like, it's like porn. I was giving this money to the church too. And all (laughs) like the money, like I know money doesn't have feelings or emotions, but like, I was rationalizing the behavior because I'm able to, you know, write a check to a charity yeah, and pay my rent and our car payments and like, oh, well, it's for my family, you know, right. And see this thinking yeah, on our own understanding does not work. So, so, you know, one thing I would encourage us all to do is, is look at some of these things in our lives where maybe we are still rationalizing, uh, right? You know, in our step study, mm. in-person step study, yeah. we're actually uh, back in step one and talking about coming out of denial. And uh, if we get to this step here where we're in lesson five and we're supposed to be turning, we're supposed to have already gotten out of denial. Um, I think that this is an iterative iterative process where I can realize, oh, there's some other things that I'm still in denial about. I need to go back and work on those. Right. And uh, let's do just just two seconds as a quick reminder about denial because we're here at turn. But let's remind you about denial. I'm going to remind myself about denial which is to realize I'm not God. I admit that I'm powerless to control my tendency. Excuse me. I'm powerless to control my tendency to do the wrong thing and that my life is on 
manageable. You see, there's a reason why the steps are in the order that they are. All you have to do is admit that you're powerless over our your addictions and compulsive behaviors, that our lives have become unmanageable. Well, isn't that... That's the step one is to admit it. Mm -hmm. and you don't it, have to turn it yet. Isn't that tendency to do the wrong thing is exactly leaning on my own understanding. That's a part of it here. Because... Because step three really is, is the decision point. We made a decision to turn our lives and wills over to the care of God. Remember, it's a very specific order. You're just admitting it in the beginning. But on step three, you're making the decision. You're saying enough is enough. I'm giving this to God. Awesome. Let's, that's a great lead in into the prayer that's with this lesson. And it says, dear God, I have tried to do it all by myself on my own power. And I have failed. Today, I want to turn my life over to you. I ask you to be my Lord and my Savior. You are the one and only higher power. I ask that you help me think less about me and my will. I want to daily turn my will over to you, to daily seek your direction and wisdom for my life. Please continue to help me overcome my hurts, hangups, and habits, that victory over them may help others as they see your power at work in changing my life. Help me to do your will always, in Jesus' name, amen. I think this prayer is really powerful, and there's so many things in here. Now, you know, <clears throat> this intro is, I, I tried to do it on my own power, and I failed. And, and in some cases, I know for me, I didn't even try. I wasn't trying to get, to, to kick my porn and lust addiction. Um, that required getting caught. <clears throat> um, but I know other people uh, do try, and and it's hard to do it on our own. We they, have to use Christ's power. I tried, and I, and I want to share how I tried. I found this. I found research. I found this Reddit forum called NoFap, mm -hmm. and on this particular forum, they promised that you will get superpowers if you stop watching porn and masturbating. And I had recognized that this was a problem when I'd had opportunities with girlfriends to be intimate and I had young adult, you know, erectile dysfunction. It did not work. Mm. And that woke me up. This has to go. And I tried over and 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 over again to use this secular system, even though I understood all of the science, even though I understood all of the statistics, I knew that this was bad. I wanted out of my life. It could not go away until God entered the picture. Wow. That's awesome. Um, that's, that's my story too. Although I didn't try to quit, but when, when I asked him to take it from me, it was gone and I haven't looked at porn in, you know, nearly nine years. <clears throat> um, how'd you do it, John? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was a surrender moment and it's, it's funny because I turned that over. He took it and, 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 and I've been on the path to recovery ever since. But other things, I feel like I'm probably less willing to turn them over 
and that's why I continue to struggle. Well, let's talk about it. What do you, what do you want to? What are you less well, willing to turn over? Something like lust, I think, is a good example. Mm. You know, I, I want, I want him to just take away my desire to look at other women, and I don't think he's willing to do that because that would be too easy on me. He, I need to make the choice to not lust. So when I see a woman that I want to look at, rather than lust for her, I need to love her. I need to bounce my eyes. I need to pray for her. I need to remember that she's not my inheritance. You know, there's countless tools that I should be deploying rather than going, whoa, that's hot. See, and it says, I want to daily turn my will over to you to mm -hmm. daily seek your direction and wisdom for my life. Please continue to help me overcome my hurts, hangups, and habits. And may that victory over them help others as they see your power at work in changing my life. A couple of dailies in a continually, huh? <laughs> daily, daily, continue, change your power, God's power, not my own. Well, it sounds like habits or, dare I say, the recovery, a recovery lifestyle. <laughs> the recovery lifestyle is putting the, it's putting the things in place, the habits, the systems, the, the, the right stuff, installing it into your life as, as someone in recovery, the recovery lifestyle that keeps you on this path of continuation of change, of victory, so that others, as they see your power, Jesus's power at work in changing my life, your life, every day. Yeah, I mean, I love that this, this prayer includes that, where I become this living testimony because of my change. Now I'm speaking into other people's lives uh, just by what I'm doing, how I'm living, the habits that I'm cultivating, the recovery lifestyle that I'm practicing. Can I be frank about something? Please. When pe like you have, you are a sponsee magnet. People ask you all the time if you'll be their sponsor. What is it that that people see? Well, I'll, I'll say is, is, is they see the actions you take and they say, John has something I don't have right now. And right around this step three is also when you should be locking in a sponsor, right? Because you're about to jump in to a really exploratory phase in, in your moral, uh, your, your moral inventory and having the right coach, you know, how, how do you pick out the right sponsor, uh, John? Wow. My sponsor story was really challenging. I, I had wanted, um, somebody who was, in a similar struggle. And I also wanted someone who didn't relapse. Um, <clears throat> this was really important to me because my wife and I had gone to a few uh, open or um, CRs where they were doing testimonies. And one night a couple was doing a testimony and this guy and his wife were sharing and he, he was talking about all these times that he relapsed my wife is like, that's not going to be our story. Like that, <laughs> you know, we're not doing this over and over again. This can't happen. And so um, for me, I had started to build these criteria. Obviously, your sponsor has to be a man. I think right. that goes without saying. But if you're a guy, anyway. sponsors a guy. If you're a girl, sponsors a girl. Right. Um, so I wanted someone who was an essay. I wanted someone who didn't relapse. Um, and I wanted, 
and I think by far the best place to shop for a sponsor is in a step study group. Um, Why? The relationship between, and, and this goes for both directions, right? Me as the sponsor and, or me as the sponsee, <clears throat> either way, right? Because there's a cadence of meeting every week. I'm going to see that person every single week. I'm going to hear their shares. They're going to hear my shares. We're going to build a relationship just by being in the meeting together. Um, and, and then we can build upon that outside of the meetings because, you know, the guy who I want to be my sponsor says something that resonates with me. His story, I have a hashtag me too on. Uh, you know, like you were saying, he has something that I want. For me, that wound up being a guy that I was co-leading step studies with for many years. We had uh, probably co-led four or five step studies. Um, and he wasn't, his primary wasn't essay, but he had something that I wanted, which was just this really fierce faith. And he had this ability <clears throat> in every group to remind the guys to point them back to Jesus, to point them back to scripture. Uh, he was really good at that. And I'm, I'm okay at that, but not as good as he is. Uh, and, and so I wanted that. And that's how I found my sponsor. Um, whenever somebody asks me, uh, I've had my name on the, you know, willing to sponsor list for a long time. And every once in a while, I'd get this random text. Hey, would you be my sponsor from someone I didn't even know? And I'd be like, Dude, you don't even know me. You, you, you if you're going to ask someone to be your sponsor, get to know them. And, and the best way to get to know them is to be in the same group as them. I'm going to give you some numbers right now. They're not phone numbers. They're numbers about how many Celebrate Recoveries are around the world. There's over 30,000. Wow. John, how many states are in the United States? Uh, that'd be 50. There's over 30,000 CRs <laughs> globally. 30, over 30,000. And there's even more Alcoholics Anonymous, Sexaholics Anonymous, SA groups, you name it. There's something. There is, depending upon, like there's maybe some excuses. Like I recognize that some people listening to this may have an excuse, but there's no excuse. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, we, we made the number one tenant of the recovery lifestyle is meetings. And you can find an online meeting. You can do a Zoom meeting. Like there's options. There is options. If anything, if you get anything out of this episode, it's to find a freaking meeting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what we're doing is 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 trying to give you a taste of a meeting. Uh, is trying to make it more accessible in terms of the recovery lifestyle and how to do it and what to do and knowing that you're we're all in the same place like we but may I have... know someone's listening that thinks they can do it on their own yeah. <laughs> i know you're listening you can't do it yeah this you is... need community you do yeah wow where did i come from today <laughs> no that was good we, we've got a a few more questions in here you want to pick one to do for our open share yeah, let's jam on one for an open share uh which one do you like wow uh, they're all good <laughs> Which one do you like? Well, we talked about the prayer, which is one of the questions. 
We talked about not guilty and convicted but not condemned. We talked about repenting. Um, we were ta- we, well, no, we did. We talked about uh, not relying on our own understanding. So let's talk about what what does it mean? What does repent mean to me? What do I need to repent of? Hey, you guys, my name is John. I'm a follower of Jesus. I am in recovery for sex addiction, struggling with lust. John. Hey, you guys. Um, so I got, I was alluding to this a little bit. I mean, to me, a turn is a 180. Uh, and, and I already shared about how um, in SA, I had that. I had that 180, right? And, and again, the, the definition for addiction, um, for SA addiction is no sex with self or others, excluding your wife, and no taking in of any inappropriate materials, meaning por- pornography. <clears throat> um, that one, I, I, I completed the turn, and I'm successful in it. Uh, but others, I still continue to struggle. So there's varying de- degrees of not quite being a full 180. Um, I talked about lust. I still am struggling with that. Things like offendedness, far too easy for me to become offended. Um, I want to be able to live unoffendable. That would be a 180. Uh, I still get angry and frustrated. Um, I act selfishly. I I am way too anxious. Uh, We're told by Paul to not be anxious about anything. And then he says simply, um, by prayer and petition and with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, will guard my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. What that boils down to is, don't worry, pray. Pastor Rick talks about, you know, if I have the energy to worry, I can just channel that energy into prayer, but I don't. That's not a full 180 for me yet. Impatience, judgment, these are still things that are, you know, somewhere between zero degrees turned and 180 degrees turned, and I want them all the way. Thanks, guys. I'm John. Mm. My name's Chris. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus. And I find myself sitting here because of alcoholism, sex and porn addiction, codependency, etc. Hey, Chris. <laughs> Reminds me of the show, My Name is Earl. My Name is Earl. <laughs> where this guy goes on this journey of making all these amends without really like doing the steps. He just wants to go straight to the amends part. That's what happens when you don't do the steps in order. <laughs> You end up like that guy. Unfortunate. <laughs> but funny. And you have a you have a, a comedy show made after you. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I really I had a repent moment just this past weekend. Um I'd been taking C B D with THC for a little over a month, thinking that it was bringing me closer to God, helping me in my work. It was this magical cure-all remedy that really wasn't that. I was kind of, I, I, I was thinking it was helping with my anxiety and my depression, but really I was just masking this with another substance. And I had this moment where the I, I, I ordered more of these gummies via delivery service. And here comes this guy knocks on our door. He hands me a bag. I hand him money and my son's to my left and they both sort of wave and smile at each other. 
I'm like, no, no, what am, what am I doing? How did I find myself in another addiction? It happens so fast, but because of the recovery lifestyle, I, I had this opportunity to continue to share this journey with my accountability partner to be in meetings and, and, um, and to not isolate about it. And I actually shared this last night during our group. And that that I had had this moment where I'm, where I had another surrender. I'm like, okay, okay, God, you can have this too. And I went to bed that night, and I woke up in the morning leaving something behind. I did. But it's so easy how fast a new addiction entered my life. How the speed and velocity of, of, of how fast an alternative solution can enter and take control. I'm still susceptible. Th- this is war. This is war. That's it. Thanks, wow. guys. Thanks, Chris. Wow. Uh, man, talk about leaning on your own understanding. And, and and then being snapped out of it. I really thought it was the right thing. I thought I was making the right choice. Yeah. I really, really did. I really thought it was the right thing. Wow. What a moment, though. I, I, I just picture this moment of realization with your son there and this dude there. And it's just like almost like a light bulb moment uh, <laughs> or a lightning bolt moment, I guess. And that must have been really powerful. Thanks for sharing that, man. That was really vulnerable. Oh, Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for this time and these questions and uh, just this ability to share with other people. Father, you make it possible for us to turn. Help us stop using our own understanding. Help us figure out your understanding. And that's by being steeped in your word. That's the only way we're going to align our wills to yours is to understand your word, to listen to your word, to obey your word, to follow Jesus into the right things. It's so easy for us to slip into denial. And Lord, I just ask that you help us stay out of denial, that you help us turn towards you and away from our sinful ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.